Welcome to the Hyper Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Monahan. This episode is sponsored by Grow by SAP. Okay, great. So welcome to the Hyper Growth Podcast. I'm joined here by Niels Beard, and he is the ecosystem evangelist, previous co-founder and CEO of TechLeap. And I will pass it over to you, Niels, if you can give a brief introduction to all of our listeners. Right. Yeah. So, so my name is Niels Beers. I, uh, I, I, once upon a time, I quit my study to start my own company, did a corporate uh, scale-up accelerator, all those uh, things uh, after that. And um, in the past uh, three years, I uh, founded uh, TechLeap, which is uh, an organization in the Netherlands that uh, promotes entrepreneurship and, uh, and, and helps uh, companies uh, scale up faster. Uh, and hopefully also uh, uh, makes Europe a better uh, scale-up country or, or scale-up block. That's great. And that's actually how I came across you was a conversation about the European ecosystem or the uh, scale-up block in Europe, if you will. And so could you tell us why you're so passionate about the ecosystem here? Yeah, sure. So so to me, I think if if I look uh in europe and 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 especially if you if you travel the world and if, if you're you know most uh, most young people do these days and and then you're in the us you're in china and then you see all these technology companies that that are moving at such unbelievable speeds and then when you come back to europe then you're like well, where are they where where where's the european alternatives why do everything i have to do online why, why do i need uh, for uh, an American company for that, whether it's Zoom, whether it's Google Meet, whether it's Google Docs, uh, it's Facebook uh, or TikTok as a Chinese company. Every time it's at least the, 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 the one thing that they all have in common is that it's not European alternatives. And yet when I'm in Europe, I see so many people that uh, are also, they have a great vision, they have great ambition. Um, but it's it's not happening fast enough at the moment. And, and unfortunately, it's getting a lot, lot better. If I look at Europe, I'm worried about where we are compared to the rest of the world, and 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 especially 30 years ahead. If we are not catching up, then then in 30 years we'll just be customers for American and Chinese companies, and um, hopefully we'll be more than that. And hopefully, I can get to play a very little uh, part in that. Yeah, and I think you already have as the co-founder of TechLeap, and I would love to actually talk about something that you posted on Twitter. And it was in reaction to the fact that Y Combinator's combined value is bigger than any EU country. And so you ask, are we doing the right things? And before getting to what is the right thing, could you help us to understand the ecosystem in Europe as it is today? If you look at startups that actually start and percentages of people, then actually we're not doing that bad. We're, we're actually doing pretty okay. But the thing is that, especially so that the higher up you get into the food chain or however you want to call it, then then there you really start to, to notice the difference. So so when, it, when it's about unicorns, when it's about, uh, or actually like really big tech companies, then we lose then 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 so either uh, a lot of Europeans sell out early so they sell their company way too early and, and they sell it to US or Chinese companies um, but also they 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 stall up so they 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 you know they come up to an average size and then they they don't grow um, 
And I think, let's say, antidote that we have for that right now and the things that we are doing most are always focused on mostly on kind of an, a kind of entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship education angle. So, so it, it seems as if we're our, our solution to fix this is we're going to teach people how to do it better. And, um, and that's why I felt the, the Y Combinator um, uh, approach um, uh, or the, the, the Y Combinator metric was a really interesting one. Because if you look at Y Combinator, the, the most important thing they don't do is teach you stuff. But the Y Combinator model is about giving you access. So if you have a question, then they make sure that you have access to the right people to help you. But it all starts with the fact that you need to have the question. So you need to be as an entrepreneur. You need to have the vision where you want to go. You need to know what, what the goal is. You need to know uh, everything about your business. And then if you need help, then they try. And uh, probably they're, they're not always succeeding, but at least try to help you with, with your questions. And I think that that is also that, that strikes also something that, that fundamentally is very important for entrepreneurs. We can be you know whether as a country or as a as a whole maybe we want to have this this vision where we actually say we help people in need but if you're an entrepreneur then then especially if you're an entrepreneur in europe then usually you are somehow a, kind of, a little bit privileged right because you have a high education you are so so everything you did is your own fault let's call it like that right you made the decision to become an entrepreneur and you made the decision not to get that high paying job at a corporate, but you wanted to, to go into that in that startup and do some really cool stuff. And then it's really crazy that, that from that moment on, we start treating you like you're a toddler, that we need to teach you stuff. And that we and, and because the effect maybe is, and that, that's what I'm afraid of, that people also start to feel like they're a victim, that they actually start to believe that they're worse off here in Europe, right? That it is difficult, that, that if you talk to European uh, founders, then a lot of them, they, they see scaling in Europe is difficult. Yet you also have other European founders who are not going into these teaching programs, who, who don't give a, uh, anything about whatever they're doing. Um, like, for example, I think Gorillas now is a, is a really cool example. That they're, they're like the shopping startup. I think they they were founded less than a year ago. They're now a unicorn. They're they're in the Netherlands already in four cities. They're in in way more all across Europe. So they're scaling like crazy and crazy. And, and the, the most important thing they're showing is scaling in Europe is not difficult. And if there's anything you, American companies is are showing is scaling in Europe is not difficult. If you see like Bird, the scooter company, and th those kind of companies, they're everywhere in Europe. Yet. Because in these teaching programs, the most important thing, all of every time again, we say scaling in Europe is difficult and you need to have a lot of help. And no, why I like the Y Combinator approach where it's all about you are the guy or girl who makes your success. You are the one that has to do it. And um, if you have a vision, then you can actually make it happen. And I'm 100% convinced that in Europe, it's the same and that we need to look at Y Combinator and really ask ourselves, should we focus all this time and attention on educating people to somehow think that we can teach them something or should we make sure that we have like the things around them that the ecosystem works properly and, um, and that we uh, make sure that if they have questions that we can actually help them. 
but that we not not focus too much on trying to change them or or keep on telling these stories where European entrepreneurs have less ambition or something like that. I I just don't buy that. I think the problem is the ecosystem tells them all sorts of stuff that that gives them the feeling that they you know maybe not um, uh, you know that, that that maybe it's not their own fault that their success is not happening, but it is. It is their own fault, and and the ones that are actually doing great, like Gorillas, as a, as an example, show that it is possible to scale in Europe. It is possible to go fast. It's possible to raise a lot of money. It's more difficult than in the US, and we should focus on on uh, fixing that. But we should stop. Look more. So I can go on this for like forever, but I think the point is clear. Look at Y Combinator, and and the most the most beautiful thing about Y Combinator, it's a very small group of people. Right, so so it's not. If you look at all the entrepreneurship firms in Europe combined, I'm pretty sure that's that that it's it's thousands, may, maybe even tens of thousands of people working there, trying to teach entrepreneurs how to scale. While by Combinator, I'm not sure how many people work at by Combinator, but if it's 50, that that's about it. Um, so so they they have 50 people and a, a lot of money. And they have more impact than all these people here trying to teach people about entrepreneurship. Using gorillas as an example, maybe, what do you think that they're doing to keep their mindset focused on entrepreneurship versus education? I, I think the 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 uh, the most important thing, and 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 that's for a lot of European founders also is 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 difficult. Is they they understand that it's about creating a culture and creating uh, and and making sure that you have all the money uh, that you need to actually do this. So so they they are just like American founders. If you have this idea, you know I need to do it and I need to make it happen. Then you don't and you have a vision on where you actually want to go. Then you're not going to compromise on that. So then if you know that that either you do it well or you don't do it and you just quit, well. Like, you know, maybe I'll just go along and I'll, I'll raise another 5 million or I raise another 10 million. And it sounds like a lot of money, right? If you've never done it before, then and someone gives you 10 million and it's like, whoa, this is, this is, this is incredible. I, I need to uh, keep on doing this. But, but the reality is if your competition in the US or China or in another country in Europe is raising 500 million at the same time, then if you have this growth mindset where you actually believe, you know, it's about winning and it's about going for it, then then the only thing you can do is say, okay, I'm going to stop everything I'm doing until I also raise 500 million or I quit. I think any companies in in Europe keep in you know keep on you know existing for the sake of existing, and and um, and that's a shame. And and I think that 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 is mostly part of the problem because they they feel like it's not entirely. You know, it's it, it, it's also the ecosystem that that you know they cannot help it. There's not there's not as much money as in the in, in the US, and you know maybe they're right, maybe they're not. But it is about you know just if your competition is raising five hundred million and you're not, then you're not going to win it. Ninety nine percent certain. And so this idea about funding too, and saying there's not enough, and maybe it's in the early stage versus the later stage, there's more early on than, than later. Do you think that there's any truth in this disparity? I think there's definitely a truth that, that, there's, that there's less money available and especially less smart money in the early stages and um, less 
like big tickets in in the later stage but if you know where to look and if you have a good pitch then especially today and this was completely different two years ago but but today it is really hard not to find money if you have a good idea it is there, there's money everywhere it's it's because uh, probably because of corona and all the the money that's been invested everywhere and the very low interest rates but there's money everywhere so i i don't believe that 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 it's a structural problem anymore for startups i think the access to it, it it's if you're somewhere in france or somewhere in uh in the netherlands not living in in paris or 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 amsterdam in the hotspot of where everything is happening then yeah probably it's more difficult to find it than than maybe it is in the us where it's very clear just go to silicon valley just you know go to sandhill road and there's the money right it's, it's not as easy as that but it's almost as easy as that and and here it's 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 more difficult to find but you know i always say to to a lot of these finders as well you know if you are this mindset of i'm going to make it happen then then in europe there's also so many great vcs there's so much money if you google there's there's like for every country you have like lists of the top 50 or the top 100 vcs you a lot of the time there's there's uh, uh, people and names on this, those lists as well so i think we are at a, at a place in time and this is really recently this is from the past two years especially where we are growing into a point where where uh, it is not that difficult to find money yet it is different the, the, the terms be different the, the 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 angels here have a different background it is harder but it's not impossible to find it and so when you were founding your first company compared to uh technically compared to where we are now how have things changed and maybe why do you think that they've evolved to a place where there is a lot of money available well, I, I, when I started, this was uh, 2006. It was a whole different world. It was just just unbelievable. When I quit my study, everyone was telling me, "What are you doing? This is stupid. This is the, the stupidest thing you've ever done." Like entrepreneurship at that time, four percent of people in a university considered entrepreneurship uh, a viable option for their career. Now. That, so it's not saying that they're all going to do it, but 80% of these people consider entrepreneurship or working at a startup as uh, a viable option. It's not, not again, it's, there's also a chance that they start working at, a, at another company. So I think the whole mindset about entrepreneurship and also so, so relatively soon after I, I started my company um, and when I stopped four years later, already the, the, it was changing. Uh, because then there were big companies that were like, we need entrepreneurs to help us in our transition and 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 to to accelerate stuff. But um, I think in Europe, this 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 transition is in the past fifteen years has been amazing. The mindset is is completely different, especially under young people. If you're in the Bay Area, then then there's like thousands maybe or at least a lot of people that actually they experienced the revolution already like 30 or 40 years ago. So there's a whole mature ecosystem of people that have the same similar mindset and that want to help you and that, that have grown up in a tech company so that when they invest in you, they have actually actual tips and tricks that help you. So, so obviously it's, it's still um, a lot better there than, than here. But I think compared to how it was 15 years ago and today, 
it's it's unbelievable it's there there's an unbelievable change and if we keep this going then then we are definitely on a track to with a better position than than where we've been the past couple of years and then if it keeps going then eventually europe as well will have that generation that can be leaders similar to how silicon valley and new york have, have that as well yeah i i hope so i hope so the the, the thing is so far is that uh, we're 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 doing and we're getting better at it but um uh, and and i think uh, especially with with young people there's this this transition is enormous and and lots of 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 things are improving for the better but in the end if you want to raise money now like serious rounds then probably you're going to talk to an american vc and probably you're going to sell to an american company and um and also if you look at your legislation wise then you know yes there's there's good things happening especially in france you see how a little time a lot can change in making it a more favorable startup uh, climate yet france and the netherlands and and they're they're nothing compared to the bay area yet so so we have a long long way to go and the bay area keeps on growing right so i think it was uh, 145 billion invested in startups in last year in the Bay Area or in, in the US. And I think it's, I, I don't know the exact, but I think it's 40 or something in Europe. So even though that that is a, a big change, uh, we still have a very, very long way to go. Also with getting funding from US companies or exiting in the US, it doesn't really create that same multiplier effect here in Europe that is maybe needed to simulate the ecosystem. What do you think that needs to change or be done to motivate companies to want to be headquartered here, want to exit here versus the US? I think from a from a political side view, we have an amazing example here in Europe that's no longer a part of the European Union, and that's the UK, where they did everything to create these kind of companies. Make for example with 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 investments, with stock options, with everything there. So they created all the infrastructure around these companies to uh, help them scale, uh, so to make it easier to get money in, to make it easier to pay your employees, to uh, get uh, foreign talent in. So so I think what, what the UK is doing or has been doing is, is a great example. And what you're also seeing is that the UK alone is again, I think it's bigger than the rest of Europe combined. And, and especially when you look at unicorns, then the UK has more unicorns than, than, than the entire continental Europe. So if you'd look from that perspective to Brexit, then, then, then you know, maybe Boris Johnson has a point. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but in, in, in this, uh, this context, they, they create a lot of very valuable companies that actually make an impact. Because they they did uh, their 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 homework right, and they they actually are to make this decision that it's really really important, right? So here in France, it's the only place in, in the entire Europe where the president is actually behind the startup scene, and and that's that's amazing. But that's only France, right? In the Netherlands, we're doing it's it's good that we have tech leap. It's great that we got this money, but you'd never see the the prime minister on on stage like in big meetings inviting mark zuckerberg and these kind of people to come to him and to discuss the future of europe i think we need to have a lot more of that and i'm quite skeptical about 
the progress that we're making towards that. If anything, I think also in legislation with AI, for example, so we talk a lot about uh, ethical things. I'm, I'm also in a lot of groups about AI. And then you have every time again, we have this, uh, this ethical discussions, which I find, uh, I, I, I think it's really important that you have ethics and, and that you think about the effects of, uh, for example, diversity and those kind of things in, in AI. But what we're doing right now is, is mostly creating kind of, how do you say it, extra barriers for new companies to start and making it easier for Facebook and YouTube and all those kind of big firms to to keep in their um, in their space. And even though we we made some changes in that and we we were talking a lot about how we're gonna you know make those European companies better, I think in reality uh, the, the 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 up until today and we have great ambitions to improve that. But up until today, all the legislation that has been passed has only helped big tech and and not you know the the starting entrepreneurs we should focus on so one of the things for example that you could also do is we want we don't have an apple we don't have a google and what we could do instead of all these rules and about ethics we could say apple you are no longer allowed to have a closed app store it's that simple right you can just say okay um you need to open up. If you're in Europe, Europe is about openness. And that's what we do. And either you're in or you're out. And that's that's how with vision and with 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 a, like real clear goals, you can change where this ecosystem is going and create new um new opportunities for European companies. And I think up, up until today, there's there's not enough vision on that. And 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 that that except for Macron. There's no political political leadership on startups in Europe. That is kind of challenging. I'm not sure what the question was, but I just keep on going. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was very interesting. And there's three follow-up questions that I have to that. Uh, so could you actually help, especially listeners who maybe are outside of Europe or unfamiliar with the conflict between you know, the AI discussion where it seems like there's barriers being put up against deep tech companies from evolving themselves, yet somehow it's still easy for Facebook and easier for Apple to keep their grasp and keep where they are. Could you just maybe help us to understand why that is? Well, I, I think for, for one of the, the, the things that, that, that we, we should not underestimate is the power of having a home market like uh, the US where you at least have some form of uniformity and, and you have way less restrictions on data and the use of these kind of things. So you, you have a market where you can test everything very rapidly. And especially if you're a company like Google and Apple, you also have like the enormous skill immediately to, to test everything you want on users and, and whether it's private with, with, with or without privacy, you have an enormous user base that you can, can leverage. In Europe, it's already more difficult because you have language barriers, but also for example, for autonomous driver, driving, every country in Europe has different uh, road signs, has different traffic lights, that kind of stuff. So it, it is already more difficult to do something here, yet it's definitely not impossible. And then, on top of it already being more difficult, we add all sorts of other complexities. So we have local laws. We have we, we have we we start this discussion about ethics. Well, 
in reality, no real decisions or are not nothing of the order of magnitude that we're talking about in this this legislation is actually happening. So we're we're afraid of something that is not here yet. Yet we make sure that in everything we do, we are already kind of you know keeping everything small and 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 starting discussions on on what what is acceptable and what is not acceptable instead of you know actually. Uh, building companies and then see how we can help them grow. We 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 do the exact opposite, and we help corp companies like like Facebook or or Google or whatever. By every time we introduce a rule, for them it's easy to implement a rule. And 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 we talk about okay, how are we gonna? For example, maybe we're even cut up Facebook or whatever. We're gonna do that. That's that's what we're talking about. Well, in reality, even if we cut them in four pieces then still it's four companies that are bigger than any tech company in europe so that's <clears throat> not going to change anything what we should do is we should have a real vision on where we want to where we want to go and that should not be about restricting stuff it should be about accelerating stuff and it should be for example about saying you know we're not going to cut open uh, facebook or we're not going to change apple no we're going to make sure that it's open that's what we're, that's important to us so it needs to be radically open so, so everything you do, if whether it's a smartwatch or a home, uh, how do you say it, the Google Home or those kind of things, if you're bringing a device in someone's home, it's got to be open. It has to work with everything, and and this is just an idea, right? But it it, it it's, um, I think we we need to do way more radical things than than uh, what we're doing right now, and in all these things, we should focus on accelerating uh, values that we have instead of restricting things because we can restrict all we want but in the end google facebook and apple can test in their home market our companies cannot and they have so much more power and so much more size so we're never going to win from them by restricting stuff we're only going to win from them by opening up or by and by having vision and so on this i pose maybe a challenging question but who do you think is responsible for the ecosystem within Europe. So there's government programs, maybe corporates, the startups themselves, but ultimately, who do you think is the responsible party? When I did Tech Lead for the past three years, I, my opinion would have always been, it's kind of the, the role of the government as well. But also now for a couple of months, I'm now, again, I'm just working with entrepreneurs. I'm, I'm helping them build their companies. I'm, I'm, I'm working with corporates. I think one of the things that that amazes me still is how little these entrepreneurs seem to actually care or feel like they actually have an influence. So obviously that's very close, closely related to each other, but in the end, it's about them. And and I think we should really also what we really miss is a couple of like really re rebellious uh, entrepreneurs that that do way more to actually confront the EU and that are that get on stage and that that talk about all this uh, also talk about these founders and and you know it's always kind of you know everyone is really kind to each other and probably that's a good thing because you know if we're a small ecosystem we need to get everyone ahead and but because there's very little open like real criticism and like really big groups of startups saying you know Every time, if there's there's letters to the parliament, to the European Parliament, it's a couple of hundred at best. There's never there's no real startup movement that that is doing anything different. Now, yeah, now now I I, I really 
think that it's 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 also it's up to to us everyone who's working in tech being an entrepreneur to to really be vocal about what we're doing join political parties even if you hate them just join the biggest one and you know start making sure that these topics are on the agenda i i did as well i joined a couple of parties here in the netherlands and and it's it's unbelievable how 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 old-fashioned also you know in these companies in these political parties there's no one that actually works in a tech company there's no one that actually knows what this is about from first-hand experience and i think that that's that's also i think the the key to the next step so up until this moment i think it was also maybe it was good that it was the government because the the, the startups were too small the impact was too little we also need to as a, as a whole scene we need to look at each other and and wake up and realize that that even though the size is still nothing compared to the us we are a big group of people now and there, there are so many people working in tech yet i think a lot of them vote actually kind of against what they're doing right so they vote for all these legislation on ai they vote for uh regulating the big comp the big tech instead of you know changing stuff about what they're doing we, we need as a tech scene also really you know grow up and 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 start being more conscious about the influence that we want and and be more vocal about the jobs that we're creating the the the, the amazing stuff that is actually happening because of the european tech scene even though a lot still needs to be done Going back to the idea of mentality, maybe another kind of provocative question is I was recently talking to somebody in Europe and he was saying that the EU has the mentality of a fallen empire. And it's in the context of being like from the US leading, China leading, uh, where Europe was once the leader. And do you think that I know we talked about the mentality of like being educated and things like that, but do you think that this fallen empire is also part of it? I'm not sure. So, so if I look, for example, at the UK, then I feel like they they behave like a fallen empire. They still have this grandiose. How do you say it? they they still act? They they have their mean. But the thing is, what I already said in tech, they're not actually acting. They're actually still they are the leaders in in Europe. We could use a little bit more of that. I, I don't think we behave like a fallen empire. I think we do. You know, maybe we are a little bit too happy. So, so, so maybe we have a little bit. You know, we have such a high quality of living here. You know, that that doesn't provoke the same entrepreneurship as it might do in the U.S., where you have so much less protection. But I hardly ever come into people that say, you know, we are we we are the kings of the world and and we don't need to do this. It's it's more that they genuinely don't know what to do and 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 i also i i don't think you know a lot of our leaders are really that no no i'm i i i don't agree it's an interesting question I, I, for me it would be the uk and then but the uk apparently gets the good stuff out of it it's as, at least in the tech scene i've been here for a short time but um i i don't personally get that that sense but maybe europeans yourself you you think about that I, I, I think I, I think it's it may maybe it's it's morally we feel um, superior to other people that that's definitely an issue. So that that's about these ethic rules, right? But I, I don't think that is a fallen empire thing or something like that, right? It's more it's more idealism. We we 
for for us these ideals of taking care of each other uh, those are very strong and they sometimes oppose entrepreneurship but i would not say that that is a fallen empire method i would say that is a way to make your empire fall because we you know our ideals are so big that we sometimes forget that reality is that in china and the us they don't have these ideals so they just go like crazy and here we have these ideals and our companies have less money and more restrictive uh, legislation and more restrictive labor laws and uh, uh, less possibilities for to to uh, pay your employees in stocks and, uh, and 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 the list goes on and on and on so if you have this very high moral standard which i really believe in it that's why i love living in europe and that's why i also care about it and not immigrate to china or the us is then you should actually you know kind of put your money where your mouth is and make sure that we invest in those ideals and that we that we make sure that we actually make them happen and i think we become we are becoming more aware but everything that i said earlier still is is the big issue that that we are becoming aware but the political leadership is not there to actually make a change except in france and then to touch on something again that you had said about being an entrepreneur and being willing to speak up and and push back a little bit where you need to it to me maybe connects to this idea of like in the US where maybe there's more of like a willingness to take risks or like be rebellious or or put yourself out there and more willing to fail do you see that at all do you think that there's a connection there I hear that a lot. I always kind of challenge this. I I feel like this is this is really where we where this kind of educational system is working against us. So so I know my friends that are an entrepreneur I think in basic skills in mentality in their drive to actually do whatever it is that they want to do. I don't think they're different than friends I have in the US in or that work in the bay area I, i don't think that there's a difference in the people i think the, the the what's different is that here in europe the whole ecosystem starts telling them you know it's not your fault that you that you cannot raise money because it's really difficult here and it's it's yeah we don't have good angels and so everyone starts in them that it sucks here and basically what what people tell you is that you know it's not your kind of responsibility right so 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 there is like 20% of these people they go like fuck it and then they do gorillas and they show them you know see there's no problem here but 80% of people one way or another gets influenced a little bit by that so they 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 start losing a little bit of their dreams and they start losing a little bit of their 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 vision and their big ideas because they talk to so many people that it's not going to happen and they 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 hear all the time that it's not their fault basically the most important thing i'm doing now in the past 6 months after i i i stopped with tech leap is working with all these entrepreneurs and just talking about their dreams and and asking them and and telling them you know why not why are you not doing this you know what's holding you back everything you're saying i don't see the see any truth in that it's it's not this is not a fact this is you assume a lot of things but if you you know let let's see what we can you know where we can bring this down to and where what we can actually uh, uh do to to make this dream happening again and to actually you know align everything you're saying with everything you're doing i think in the us it is very difficult or it's more difficult to not be aligned because if you are this guy tell, telling everyone i want to change the world 
and then you tell them, I'm going to make, uh, I don't know, what it, whatever it is, 100 pieces of, of this equipment as my first batch. Then all these people start telling you, are you crazy? This is not world impact. This is nothing. This is 100 pieces. Well, whatever, whatever it is you're doing, this is way too small. Here in Europe, either you have people say, oh, it's amazing. You're an entrepreneur. Wow, I wish I was you. Or people that, that uh, kind of say, you know, maybe that's good because... You know, don't take too much chances. Don't take too much risk. Uh, uh, so we have a whole system that, and then we, even in how we teach people, we kind of, you know, let this whole mentality of not thinking too big, we let that exist. And we let them, we allow people to keep on having very little dreams. So in my opinion, and that's exactly what happens when you start teaching people, teach them they're completely wrong things. And you most of all teach them that they're not responsible for their own success, yet they are just as responsible or maybe even way more responsible because if they fuck up here in, in Europe, probably they have some sort of a safety net. In most European countries, there is at least something that helps them stay afloat. And that's obviously completely different in the US of, or, or in China. So the stakes are less, so they should be able to take more risk. Yet the opposite happens. And I'm convinced that that is not because these founders, when they start, when they start building, are less driven or uh, are not intelligent or don't have an, as much experience. I'm, I'm convinced that a lot of this, obviously there, there's also parts of that, but I think a lot of this is, is, is contributable to the fact that, that the ecosystem, so the people around them, that, that we, we, we give them an out, we tell them, you know, if it doesn't work, then it's not your fault because you're in Europe and not in the US. And we should really stop doing that. Yeah, and make the process itself a little bit more risk adverse versus yeah, sure, sure. So, so, so obviously we need to make changes, and obviously we, there's lots of things we can do to to improve it and to make it easier for for these people that take a risk. And we should, and that's what what TechLeap is for, and that's what all these other organizations for. The French Tech in in France is doing a great job. But we should also be very, very careful that on the one hand, we need to make it a better ecosystem. On the other hand, we need to make sure that these entrepreneurs stop believing that they actually have an excuse not to make it. They are very privileged that they are in a position that they can start a company and it is their own responsibility to make it and they can. And there's so many examples of people doing it right now that anyone who tells entrepreneurs scaling in Europe is difficult or or raising money is difficult or whatever. Yes, it's difficult, it's even difficult or more difficult than in the US or China, but it is very well possible. And lots of people are proving this and, and we should look at those examples and look at all the people that are doing amazing instead of you know just keeping telling each other stories about how Europe sucks and how we're never gonna make it. Even though all these other things I said about Europe are still a challenge, but that's always the difficulty of this whole subject. It's a two, what did they say? A two-sided sword or double-edged yeah. sword? <laughs> so, something like that. And I, I mean, there are so many amazing companies that are being started in Europe. And I think there's tons of examples of ones that are scaling quickly and doing really well. And they're definitely the, the role models and hopefully they encourage even more. And so, you know, in the next, let's say three years, the past 15 you've said have already changed so much but in the next three years what are you most passionate about or excited to see 
what I'm excited to see, I think what what I I find really interesting is, and maybe Clubhouse somehow is 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 exaggerating this. If I'm in Clubhouse and I listen to all these talks here in Europe, then there's so many people say the right things, and that and there is so much money. I cannot say that enough right now in the system everywhere. That I think this combination of so many young people that actually know how it works and money will accelerate us even further. But the gap with the political leadership will remain and will be still be a very big challenge to to what we're doing. But I, I think the um, I'm very hopeful that that with Clubhouse, with also there's probably new social media things popping up uh, again in the in the coming year. But with these new types of interactions and and the new way that we're we're also thanks to COVID that we're also looking into or, or, or connecting with each other, I think that 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 the rocket fuel finally is here and that we can start a lot of that the acceleration will continue and continue, while also organizations like Tech like La French Tech like others need to exist to really make sure that we also get our governments and get the political leadership on board and, and stop with all these stupid regulations and, and make it a, a, a try to make a better Europe with, with our values in place instead of regulating what we don't want. No, and I think that sounds great. And I'm really excited to see it both in the Netherlands and in the rest of Europe, how the ecosystem evolves, because it seems like you're saying, especially like with Clubhouse, there's so much action, so much energy, and it's really picking up. And so thank you so much, Nils, for your time here today. And it was great talking about the ecosystem with you. All right. It was a pleasure. This episode is sponsored by Grow by SAP. 